we do our homework, Frank. You know, we always ask students to get themselves prepared for the course. Come with a zero. Come with a scope that's ready to go. Come know how to adjust that scope. Well, we also have homework before the course, Frank. <laughs> so I did a little snooping around on Facebook. You know, you've got certain law enforcement agents that will not come to Facebook, Frank. But occasionally their wives post or their wives' <laughs> girlfriends post. And so I'll notice who it is, you know, and I go in. I usually click on and just snoop around a little bit. Well, we've got this one law enforcement agent, Frank. He's got a, just a drop-dead gorgeous Colombian wife. <laughs> so you know you come to the right precision rifle course when you get to the dinner table on day one and your instructor has his iPad and, and my, my, what do you my, call it? Uh, your, his desktop My uh, desktop background, background, background on my iPad is his wife. <laughs> you should have seen his eye. Well, Frank did see his eyes. I brought it over and laid it down in front of Frank. I said, Frank, go to, go to Sniper's Eye, man. You got to see this conversation. And the, and the, the, the guy looks well, over and his eye just got huge. Like, what the hell is that doing there? That was funny, man. No, dude, we about died, yep, man. It was hysterical. It was so friggin' funny. Welcome to the Everyday Sniper, the I don't know edition. Everybody's yelling at me. I got yelled at at the range today. Yeah. Guy walks up to him, former student of ours, happened to be at the range. He goes, it's been 13 days since you did a podcast. Frank goes, what? <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I, I got a, um, I got a, uh, a message somebody uh, posted in the comments because you guys aren't commenting. Like I did all the Brian Litz stuff, which was really cool. And I'm like, hey, man, nobody's commenting. Nobody's paying attention. The numbers are down because of COVID and all that shit. You guys aren't in your car listening. So I just kind of went on strike, man. I'm like, ah, I ain't going to bother. So I don't have to worry about it. But we had two great blocks of classes with a lot of really interesting conditions. And I think the, this this weekend was pretty telling and eye-opening on a lot of stuff. It was challenging. Yeah. It was challenging as an instructor because of the mirage, man. And, the, and The mirage in itself, it was captured in the lane and it wouldn't escape, and it turned into a wall. And Mirage normally, like, you know, I, got, I go back to the South Texas, to Rifles Only. The Mirage there would shim, shimmer and move. So what you would see is you would be looking through your scope at the target, and then the target would, like, be bouncing up and down, bouncing up and down, moving all around. It's dancing, okay? And, and you've all seen targets dance in Mirage. Well, what we would do is we know you aim at the lowest bottom image because it'll always return to its original location. It's floating, but it's floating from a place. Right. And that place is reality. Exactly. So we come up here and, and, and it's warm, but the, you know you get cool in the mornings and, and, and this, but we get this hammer mirage and the targets aren't moving. It's obscuring. So as an example, we use at uh, seven, eight, nine, and a thousand. We use the T one thousand magneto speed light reacts, right? So we can see the impacts and things like that. And you couldn't see the T one thousand go off, except if there was a minor break, you would catch just a little glint of the red. And because this range is ungraded, there's there's sort of a rise at six hundred. So this wall it created was obscuring the target and like the 800 yard plate is big. It's huge. Well, from the water line down, you couldn't see anything. So like on that target, the, the T-1000 is up at the top. So I could see it. Guy shoots, hits. I don't see a splash on the plate. I don't see a splash on the plate. 
Well, then we get, you know, the weather's changing later in the afternoon and we're getting some storms in. And all of a sudden, below the line, there's 10 impacts. Didn't see a single one of them <clears throat> through the mirage. But That's what do you do when you, have a, when you have a barrier wall? Frankie punched through it. Man. Yeah, we did. We you punched know. through it. Yep. And, I, and I tell you what, we did learn something. And, and we're not going to kind of go too deep, but all scopes are not created equal, man. No, no. Wow, man. That was a, in, in part of that deal. But the reality of it. So we go through... Um, we, we do our first day PR1, we do our second day PR2, and we have these really impossible conditions. We dope everybody out to a thousand yards and we, and we get a hit. And what do we tell them before they leave? Your dope is corrupt. Yep. It's no good. Yep. Don't use it. But it did in the afternoon at the last part, it did cool off. We got decent cloud cover. And basically we've got to re, now we got everybody fundamentally zeroed. Uh, with zeros on their rifles, now we just ran down the range and captured dope well, we, using weaponized math. Right. Now, here's the thing. It, it, it's the 308s averaged a mil of variation at 1,000 yards, a mil of variation in their dope at 1,000 yards. The 6.5 Creeds were about 0.7, and we had a 6 millimeter in the course. That was about 0 0.6, 0 0.5 of variation due to these really, really bad conditions. Now understand, we're prone, we're, we're doping all this stuff out, and you know, we're in an admin static position. We're not running and gunning. So rock solid, and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, it, it, but this is class number 31 that we just did. Mm -hmm. 31 courses up here, and it's the first time we've experienced anything this, like that. But, but no, the students were fabulous. They, well, but, it, it, they didn't take anything away. What it did was create a, a challenge that we're not familiar with and we got through that challenge. I mean think about think about our 300 yard target a how many people were in the class oh 15? they hammered it they hammered a three inch square or a three inch circle at, yeah it yeah, was there were 13 people on the line 13 people on the line the the impact on the 300 yard target was the size of a softball that was it everybody nailed in the same spot there was no flyers and walkers and things like this we weren't because everybody was so switched on and the instruction is, you know, kind of got them all lined up together. It was insanely impressive. 400 was the same way. Well, then when we started running into five, six and seven with the Mirage, the groups were opening up like crazy. There was no control over it. And, and, and that's where you have to be able to adapt and to work the problem and just and just fight through it. What do you do at the end of day one? To, to uh, remedy that, Frank, you come back and have a drink. Yeah. <laughs> so we had a great bunch of guys. Everybody got along. They always do. But some courses, some student groups just click, man. And we have we had two really good clicking classes. Uh, about half the class from PR1 stayed, stayed on for PR2. And that's always the best way to come up here is to do a back-to-back -back if you're coming from lower 48. We're, tell, we're, them about your, tell, them about, tell them about the COVID scare at the airport. Which, well, well, you know, that, that you thought you were going to have to walk a gauntlet. Oh, yes. Yeah, so, and they were going to snatch you out of a gauntlet. So here's the deal, man. I'm coming up here and, it, you know, it, it's going. I mean, I mean, let's face it. The world's on fire. I'm not going to get into politics or any of the bullshit that's going on. And we all know what's happening in our backyards. And I talked to UK today and it's happening over there. I guess they want to topple Fan Francis Drake's statue because he was a slave trader at one point. Duh, he was a pirate. Um, anyway. So it was the worst flight I've ever had because the entire time I'm sweating it. And what they did up here is they said you had to have a, a, 
a cleared test within 72 hours when you walk in the door. Otherwise, they were going to quarantine you and, you know, do all these things. And we had an ER doc, uh, you know, in a, in Fly a, out from California, from California, big city hospital. <clears throat> and he's like, dude, that's physically impossible. You cannot get a turnaround in that time and still be on the flight and come up here with a 72 hour paper that and says, still be legitimately and, clear, right? Still be legitimately clear. He goes, what they're trying to do is just make it so you can't come at all. Don't want to come. Right. Don't want to come. So he went and he's an ER doc, so he can go in and he did that. So I'm sweating it. I'm sweating it. I'm sweating it. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't want to perjure myself on some friggin' thing that says I'm going to quarantine, but then I'm going to be out with everybody. It's just ridiculous. The, the amount of like, of. <clears throat> uh, you know, you, it's the hoop chat. Yeah, you would have to. It, the anxiety. And, so you show up. All right, right. So you get off the ramp. Now I get. What? I get off the ramp. The airport's deserted. They had the areas that were set up for. The but they coast. were set up for the next day. Right. So here's the deal. We come here. We're doing the thing. Well, we get Sunday. So this was Thursday, and Thursday it was empty. No problem. I get there. It's all good. I don't have to worry about it. So on Sunday we had a student coming in from California who uh, is taking PR2 for Monday. He gets nailed in the gauntlet. They set everything up and they're funneling people and won't let you out of the airport and blocking you with security. <clears throat> you know, you got to do this, you got to do this. Luckily, the dude was LE, flashed a badge and walked. He flashed a picture of his beautiful Colombian wife. wife. Yeah, he did. <laughs> and, 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 and he was able to get by. But I mean, it, it's, it's so kind of like arbitrary and nerve wracking that you don't know what to expect and the rules just... There, there's no rhyme or reason to any of this. It, it's it's ah, I, I, it just drove me nuts. But when you got 42 students in a three-block cycle, you got to come. Right, right. It's on. Right. You know, it's on. And even if the yourself plus three others didn't make it from the lower 48, or they didn't make it from the lower 48, first of all, it's a Frank and Mark show. If you're not coming, it's off. Right. So you got to come. And we had 42 students show up, most of them from Alaska and, and around here. Um, but just what a fantastic time, man. Yeah, man. I'm, we, I'm glad we powered through that, too. This was know, this was definitely one of the better classes of uh, the blocks. Um, we did major tweaks to the PowerPoint today, got that all sorted out. We included the weaponized math. Um, you know, it, it was just a really good stuff. This weaponized math, I mean, it's centerline hit. It's centerline hit. If it doesn't, we know there's a different problem somewhere else. That we has know we to haven't zeroed the student yet. Yeah, we, 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 have, to, we have to take care of that. And um, it, the, the weaponized math has really made, well, what do we talk about? You know what Mark did with the weaponized math? Mark doped gravity. That's because you talked well, I bounced it off of a, a structural engineer who's also a FedEx pilot, but he grew up as, a, as an engineer. And I said, Dave, Help me understand what I did here because I just and all I a, did was a military pull out a background. Right? Isn't he a colonel or something? Yeah, it was a colonel uh, in the Air Force, squadron commander in, in the Marine Corps. Oh, in the Marine Corps, Corps. squadron commander. And and I said because he was really every any anytime you talk to him, you're going to get a scientific standpoint. And I haven't approached it from a scientific standpoint yet, but but basically he said what we did, like all those X factors between yard lines, what that de represents is gravity. Because gravity, and, and the reason I stumbled upon this was because gravity is the same for all objects. And, and that's why this weaponized max works with everything from a 22 to a 338. Yeah, because you're, it's still an object falling at a rate. Well, the rate between yard lines is that, you know, 1.75, 1.45, right. 1.4. So, so uh, that was good to know. Yeah. And so but he called me, that. he put me up there with Sir Isaac Newton. 
Oh, did he? Well, gravity, and I I put a numeric value to you, it. You didn't use an apple. You used a bullet. Exactly. You know what? You could have been like William Tell. It was bullet rye, actually. Yeah, bullet but, rye. But, but, <laughs> Bullet Ryan a calculator, but 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 and now I'm drinking Gatorade. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting I'm getting tuned up for for tonight. We got our third course, third class of the block coming in, but no, that was that was cool to learn. I mean, you know, we're we're learning all the time, man, and we're making this better for you guys. Our classes are getting bigger. They're starting to expand into the 13, 16, 18. Got a phone call UK, today. UK, UK. Yep. Got a phone call today, man. We might be going overseas, so we're not going to bust it yet. We've got to work out some details, but we have. 99% of it worked out, and so we'll probably see in you overseas listeners, um, you know, 2021, providing that the world doesn't burn and catch on fire, um, you know, we're, we're, we're working that out. Like I said, we're a little little touchy on it right now, but um, I, I mean, one of the biggest corrections I think we made this class, we, we've sorted out the bipod issues, I think. I think we've got enough people to demonstrate that... They, the bipod's more important than they realize. Oh, wait a minute. About me doping James's, uh, le- I leveled James's scope with my eyeball on yep. camera. So, oh my God. So here is, I, I don't know if any of you guys follow Sniper's Hide. So this guy came on and thought he, he knew all kinds of shit. And he was like, gotta have a level, gotta have a level, gotta have a level. You can't do this, blah, blah, blah. So then I came on and explained Things you've all heard before about me and the levels. Like, listen, we got four levels in our head. You have to understand <coughs> COVID. You have to understand what's going on. And and if you if you look over the top of the rifle, I did a video on Sniper's Hide after this guy was bullshit. And so I walked out my back door and I put with an elite iron bipod, I put my um my uh 65 by 47 in the AX chassis, the mousing field on the ground. And I loosen the Elite Iron Bipod and let it roll over. Okay, I have no levels on it. However, I do have an AMG on it with a level in the spur. But of course, I'm standing over the top of it so I cannot see the level in the spur. And I, and I say, look, here we go. This is how you level your friggin' rifle for free. So I go over and I take it and, and the, the Elite Iron's loose. I rotate the rifle and I'm looking straight down over the top of it and turret t- plumb till I see the turret appears plumb to me. I say good. I lock the elite iron bipod down. Now I had my iPhone on a tripod like uh, right in front of me so you can film me kind of doing this and the dog comes over a little fuzz man he's over there licking my face and I'm like all right buddy what's going on hey how you doing and then I said okay this is a level rifle let's check on the spur. I pull the iPhone, I walk around the back, I stick it to the spur on between the lines. I'm like, nailed it! Nailed it! Right, there you go, nailed it. So then, uh, James Drayton, great dude, comes out here, he's got this 300 Norma, and James will tell you, I filmed it, this, this is no bullshit. So James is shooting it, he's got cutting edge bullets, 300 Norma, <clears throat> you know, he, he, he's out there shooting it with someone, uh, Jay Allen chassis, Joe Fur build. Uh, up here in Alaska, if you're Alaska dude, Joe Fur is building some great rifles. Ali- Alaska Precision is what yeah. it's called. Yeah, Alaska Precision. And hell of a stick. And he's like, hey, Frank, you want to shoot my 300 Norma at 1,000 yards? I said, sure, James. Now, James had just leveled it and put a MK uh, bubble on it, on the scope. He says, it's all tuned up, ready to go. This is a ZLR gun. I said, all right, dude. I hop on. 
popped down behind the rifle. Now, he did pretty smart. <clears throat> he put that bubble level, like, right there at the back of the scope. It's hanging out the left side. I could see it, you know. You can hardly miss it, but it's there. I level up the thing, and I go over, and I look at it, and I go, James, your fucking scope's crooked. And he's like, I just leveled it with the level and the whole thing. And I said, dude, come here. It's fucking crooked. And, 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 he's, and he's like, what? So I come over, I show him, and of course it's got a, it's got a, a left-hand can. So I said, I'm going to fix it by my eyeball. Take this. I'm gonna, I loosened the level, took it out of the equation, got rid of it. I went, got down behind it in my natural position. I put it in my shoulder. I got it there. I looked at it. Said, okay, this is straight now. And then I moved, put his level back on and tightened it. And I leveled it to my straight. Okay. It moved his group at a thousand yards, six inches over and tightened it up. Okay. This is James talking, not me. I moved his group six inches at a thousand yards and I improved the size of his group because when you're not level, you string. And so his group was slightly strung. Well, guess what, dude? I did it by my eye. I didn't use a plumb line. I didn't use a straight edge. I didn't do anything but look and said, listen, I have my head straight. I know what friggin' level looks like. Plumb looks like. Right. And this is what I did. I just rocked rocked the rifle straight. And then I rotated the scope and fixed it. And so, you know, all this kind of crap and voodoo, yeah, it could be a learned thing, but just go with a plumb line, please. Plumb line, plumb line, plumb line. Line it up. It, it, I recommend for a lot of people to tighten, have someone else tighten it down while you're watching it on the line. Because we do notice, um, I, I noticed a scope that I fixed for somebody that was crooked as well. He had rosin on He had rosin. He had a violin rosin in his sperm mount, and I think the mount <clears throat> bit it a little bit, bit the scope um, and, and pulled it with so him when he when adjusted it. When he's tightening, it's already got a grip and it's pulling it over. Yes. So that kind of um, it is. So I saw that, and I'm like, "Ah, oh, dude, you got it's a micro can." He had maybe half a degree in it. James was like two degrees, you know. And so I was able to fix that and do that. I mean, honestly, guys, this thing with the levels, can'ts don't right. If you if of course if you don't mount the scope square and straight, and there's a there's a can't built in because it's not perfectly plumb in the in the mount. That's one thing. But a can't does not come from that. A can't comes from you. Look at uh, Jay. Jay with the heavy head. Yep. How, and, and so we had a student in the class, super heavy-headed guy, kept pushing the rifle over, pushing the rifle over. Jay, you can't. Jay, you can't. Jay, you can't. So what I did is I rotated him over and over-rotated him more to the left. This is your head. This is you pulling and pushing the rifle with your head and then the bolt. So now I rotated him over more. So when he pushed, he only pushed it straight. He pushed it to plumb. Plumb. So <clears throat> think about this with my mindset when I tell you that if I had a rifle without an adjustable butt piece, and you've already seen me do the videos, go on YouTube channel, look on the front cover of my book. You'll see my butt pad is crooked and all that stuff. That's how I fix the camp for my shoulder pocket. But if I have a rifle that I can't do that to, so I have a level rifle level scope, well, what I'll do is I'll, I'll cant the rifle slightly and then I'll straighten the scope to square. 
and think about this mindset for a second. I'm bringing, I'm bringing that rifle stock inboard. About, I'm about at 0.8 degree camp for me, natural, if I do it that way. But think about your head and pushing to the right. So if, you're, if your stock is sticking straight, like I got knife hand out. I, I, I'm running with a knife hand. So I got my knife hand out. And if you put your head to that knife hand, any pressure over is going to push it to the right. Well, what I'm doing is taking my knife hand, knife hand and I'm turning it inboard, right? So now when my cheek comes to it, it's actually sort of pushing it down and working with me and I'm not pushing it over. You know what I'm saying? I'm not getting the leverage sort of underneath the lip of the top of the stock. I'm taking the top of the stock and I'm kind of resting on that rather than the side of the top of the stock and pushing over. So my, my head is more squared in the middle at the very top of the stock versus pushing on that edge, that chipmunk cheek. You know what I'm saying? And so I that, get chipmunk cheek because I, you, I, you you, I have chubby cheeks. You though. do have chubby cheeks when you shoot like cheeks. that, but it's not a bad thing. Yeah. Um, and so that was one of those things that I take away, you know, just fixing some levels. But the Elite Irons, the, the Thunder Beast, the Atlas Cal, you can tighten it out so you're not going to be able to push the rifle over. What you do is you walk up behind it. You look at the turrets and the scope in the system. You turn it straight. You reach up to your bipod. You cinch it down and tighten it. Okay. Then you go to the back and you get behind it. Now you shouldn't have a problem. There should be no reason why it can't. No reason why to spend $160 for a flatline level. You know what I mean? or flat ops or whatever the heck it's called. That was one of the most expensive ones that I've seen. I, I don't think there's many much more expensive than 160. There might be, other than the electronic. If there is, someone will buy it. Right, if there is, everybody's buying it. It's yeah. expensive, it's gotta be good. <clears throat> but that's why we're not that guy. You know what I mean? We're the old school approach and these old school people knew how to do this so you weren't influencing the rifle negatively. People act as if in 1960s, 70s, 80s, nobody knew how to shoot. That nobody was making any record scores. Nobody was doing it. They couldn't any. do it until a level came along. Right. Couldn't do it until a level club come along. Couldn't do it until a software. I don't know how we got through what we did. Frank. I have no clue. I, have, I, I really don't. Um, the other thing that uh, I, I kind of want to, I don't know, what were some other learning, learning lessons we had with, with that? Well, uh, we finally got some wind today. We did have wind Frank up Frank and I took the day off today. What we, you know, we've been running three block cy uh, cycles. No break, and this year we built ourselves a, a Wednesday break in, and found, wound up being at the range all day. Yeah, but but it was at the we range all day at our pace, yelling at each other, not yelling at students. So we basically, yelled at each other. Yeah, we fun. yelled at each like other, like married couple. And 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 we had we finally got some wind today, left to right with a little. I think it was I had a little bit of push down range, but but hey, it did. We, it, it, the wind's actually been picking up up here a little bit, a little more holdover. Making the um, we used the wind chime target again, made the wind chime a little yep. sportier. Yep. People weren't just smacking that white; they were bouncing it a little bit because we we are seeing some some weather going on, and and so that's um, some, you put up a uh, a target rack, the the KYL yes KYL that, rack. Dude, we we got students here on a KYL. Now, granted, we're not under time; we're not crunching them; we're we're letting them slow fire. There's these. no prize table. No, no prize oh, table. Oh shit! Um, no need to, no need to change the scores. What? They don't have to cheat. What? No. Nope. Oh shit! No, nope, no prize table. No need to cheat. 
Um, it, it, it's just lay down, let's shoot and see who can get to the end at your pace and, and just learn something from doing this. So James has a seven plate KYL that goes from two M away to a half M away. We had, and uh, in, in what it ended up, we, we, it, it's that size at 400. We did it at 400 and the second to the last plate or the third to the last plate kept getting shot off. Uh, the rubber. I think the hole's too big and the bolt's going through it. Mm-hmm. So we moved it back to take a little stink off the shot and we put it at 500 and let these guys run it. Mike, AX308. Yep. He, and this was great. He he, he he had a little wiggle at eight. So I, we gave him um, seven plates. We gave him like 10 rounds on the last day for one. We did We did eight rounds for most of the drills we did. But then on the final one that I did, I gave him 10 rounds, um, you know, just to let more people run it. Bigger variety in this class. Mike did both days or both blocks. So Mike kind of, you know, trying to play the wind a little bit, misses the eight, eight inch plate, misses the eight inch plate. Mike, you, you, you know, you're on the right, Mike, you're on the right, right. So then third shot hits the eight inch plate. After he hits the eight inch plate and he center punched it, he saw what his results were. He walked down with his AX308 to the two-inch plate and zinged the two-inch target at 500 for sure yards. at 500. Yeah. He didn't, he he didn't lose it. his mind. Didn't nope. lose it. He kept his composure. Right. And just listened to the call and adjusted. He became the shooter. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He became the shooter with the spotter. And, and he's our age. He's not interested in PRS. He, we don't need to put him on a clock that great. We, I mean, we, we put a little sense of urgency into him. And in PR2... I ran, uh, would you say, about six to eight stages for guys? Yep, um, yep, uh, yep. So I ran 90-second PRS stages. If you go online and see the barricades, I set up ports. I set up a tank trap. That's in port one. I set up the tripod right between port one and two there. I set up the barricade, port two. I set up from port two uh, uh, the table. Mat, the, uh, oh, mat. Hand, yeah, a off, prone mat. Prone mat. A prone mat that was left side. Uh, was how I wanted to do. I wanted him to shoot left-handed. Then I did a, 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 ta- a seat that was one height, a seat that was a different height, and... Rooftop. Rooftop simulator. We did a whole bunch of different four-wheeler. Yep, yep four-wheeler. So we did ports and ran them through so let them practice all these alternate positions. So they shot off a four-wheeler, then a bench. We got to talk square bench ta- in a minute. Square table. Yeah, square we're going to talk square table in a minute because um, that's a big thing that we want to talk about. Because we're liking it better, man, rather than getting on our bellies or getting lazy. Yeah. But so I ran them under time, 90 seconds. I ended up, like, to bring more people into the into the fold, I ended up moving the time to 2.30. Because the reason I moved it to 2.30 is I wanted to give them how much time over some people were. Because you're not going to learn PRS in that one day like that. We're, I mean, it's a half a day. We're, you're just learning these positions. And so I ran them 90 seconds in the beginning and they, you know, of course they fell apart, turned into a shit show. Uh, no big deal. And then I backed them off and, and re-ran them, re-ran them, re-ran them, but always on the clock. Now, if they went over, I didn't stop them, but I was able to tell them you were 30 seconds over, you were this many seconds over. And, and then I identified students that had potential. And I said, you know, Baron. You should come here. Joe's got a month. Natural potential right. because of the smoothness he's, he's transitioning y- yes. in and out. Yeah. Yes, they were natural competitors. Josh. 
Joshua. Uh, Joshua. Dog, yeah, Joshua is the dog handler up here. Natural potential. Josh, you should be doing matches that are up here. Baron, you should be doing matches that are up here. And seeing a person's natural potential and then guiding them towards that kind of endeavor. But the other guys are more interested in hunting. And here's the context I give them for hunting. You, 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 you may not be 100% prepared, okay? You're glassing, you're looking around, nothing's there, nothing's there. You, you know, you put your stuff down, you nibble on some food, you have a cup of coffee from your thermos, you pick up the glass and there's your animal. And all of a sudden, you know, the buck fever takes over and you start turning into a bumbling mess, blah, blah, blah. I said, now that you're doing these competition type events and you're putting yourself on the clock and you're realizing what's happening, I said, time's going to slow down for you. You're not going to be in such a big a hurry because you're now going to be smoother and move and you're going to be able to set up that shot better rather than just going on there fumbling and yanking around and, you know, getting an ugly shot on an animal or missing. I said, you realize you're probably going to be farther back now because your skills improved. Okay. The animal doesn't know you're there. Don't worry about it. And then you can go and you can set up that shot. And your window now becomes so much bigger because time is slowing down for you. And that's one of the benefits of competition that people can go to. Because you go shoot a stage in 90 seconds, you go shoot, you know, five to 10 targets in that, and maybe you're hitting 70%. Well, what about when there's only one target? 90 seconds is forever. You know what I'm saying? And that's the difference in why presenting this to a hunter class in this context without making them these, you know, friggin' prize table hungry competitors, it, it, you don't have to do that. You could still use the same skill sets and still take that stuff and then educate them. I looked at those two rifle racks, though. They were, there were no hunting rifles on those no rifle more. racks. No, this, this cycle? We're starting to see a, uh, an a, evolution. A trend. An evolution. People are evolving. Um, I don't, I don't flat out tell you you cannot bring your hunting rifle, but I tell you you're going to be challenged. So what now? Now we had the five, six. um, This is our sixth year, sixth year up here. So sixth year up here, people are getting the word. Eh, bring something. You know, bring something. We had the Christensen hunting rifle, and then we had the um, the uh, Arbro's PRC. That was a really light hunting rifle, but we're able to give those guys more control behind it. We're having them, you know, pinch the stock and hold it. Uh, we got to talk rear bags for a minute here. You guys, rear bags, I understand you want to dual use and use the pint size game changer. <clears throat> yes, it works. I understand that if you're doing an event, a match, a PRS thing, you want to carry one bag or minimum amount of bags. And because you have very few prone shots, you're going to use what you have in your hand. And what's happening is... That's translating into this training side of things, and it's just not working out as well. We're seeing people are getting sloppy on the back of the rifle because the bags are too big. Uh, Jim B, man, we, we, we ended up pulling his big pillow. Now, he's the opposite. He wants a rear rest of a bag, so he's using a monster pillow, and he can't get his hand or anything around it to get close to support the back of the stock. So it's too big and it's pushing him out of the way. We had another um, another shooter who, who had taken a, a, a PRS-centric uh, training and came up with a pint-sized game changer. 
Her groups were okay, but they were always strung. Did you notice she always strung yes. her groups? Yes. Touching. They, it looked like you dragged it, you know, picture this. Stick a bullet in the, you know, you basically, you know, take a bullet out of the box, put it in your hand like a knife, stick it in the paper, and drag it. You know, make a straight line. About She was shooting about a half inch, three quarter straight lines. And she was using a pint size game changer. I said, let's take that away from you for a second. Let's give you a tab. Let's pinch you in here. Let's do it this way. So you can now manage the back of the rifle and hold it steady. Turn it to one whole group. Yep. You know what I mean? And, 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 and think about this. We're working the front of the rifle with these bipods, and we're telling you to get wider stance and locking them down. Not be loose, not be bouncy, not be all these things. Now we're working the back of the rifle with rear bags, and we're paying much more. We're paying so much attention to the back of the rifle and the rear bag. Tell me your pat story. Oh, my. I'm, I'm, we're early in, early in day one, halfway through day one, maybe, and I got this uh, shooter number one. I'm over there on my knees next to him. And I'm watching him do a five-round group, and there's just something. And I couldn't tell, really, there's just something that's uncomfortable about him. Um, uh, and, his, and his group is a little wide. Uh, I just couldn't figure it out. I said, let me see. As soon as he finished his group, I said, let me see the back of your rifle. And sure enough, his, his, the, uh, he the, had uh, the MDT uh, LSS. Nice stock. He had yeah. it loose. It was loose. It was loose. Right. Yeah. So so basically, we're watching you, man, and we're, we're trying to resolve things for you. And we're focusing on this minutia. We're looking at these because we're seeing rear bags as a culprit now because the back of the rifles aren't being supported properly. We're seeing we're seeing we're seeing horizontal. You know what I'm saying? We're seeing that movement. So now we, we look at your trigger control and we go, yep, it's not that we already took care of the bipod. We know it's not that. So now we're going to the back. Inside the jacket. Oh, that's what we forgot. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. So, oh, my God. So here we got, guys, uh, day two of PR1 loose groups. And day two, PR1, it was a little chilly in the morning. And and it wasn't chilly, but but guys were well, wearing... we had some weather that came in, so we got some right, right. But weather. they're wearing, you know, something over the T-shirt that they were wearing on day one when they, when they zeroed and we had all that mirage and whatnot. So day two, now we got guys with shells. Okay, I'll call them shells. Rifles are sliding all over these shells, and groups are opening up. And and I've I've always I've I've done this for a long time, Frank. And we proved it in Tennessee one time. With yeah, we didn't. His his groups were stringing, and I said, "Dude, get that rifle butt inside that jacket." Well, am I expect? That's am me. I going to do that in the field? I said, "Well, only if you want to be precise." But that's what you do. Yeah, you you are the biggest proponent in forever. You've always said that. Put it on the inside of the coat. Inside the coat. All you got to do is zip it down just a little bit. Stick the rifle butt in next to your collarbone on the t-shirt. Right, because we're a longer. And it will always be on the t-shirt. Listen, if it's 80, I talk, what I said to him, I said, hey, dude, if it was 80 degrees out right now and we were in mid-afternoon, would you have that jacket on? He goes, no. I said, well, how can you expect your zero to be the same? Because your rifle's sliding around right now on a jacket. Remember, guys, it only takes one thousandth of an inch on the, at the rear of the rifle to create 1.78 at 100. So we've got to get more consistent with what we're wearing. You want to wear your hoodie, you want to wear whatever, but I want you to have consistency. If you're going to wear a hoodie, then wear the hoodie all the time, even when it's 80 degrees, because you're going to see a change. I mean, here's the deal, man. If you're running, if you're running a gun and just want to touch a piece of steel, you can get away with a lot. We've got two-minute targets. 
we're we're getting a we're getting a guy with a 308 shooting a two-inch target at 500 yards, and more than one person are hitting it. And, you know, it's one thing to say the guy with the six uh, millimeter SLR hit it. Yeah. He, he was the first he, one. He was a laser. He, he, I think he was five nine at a thousand. He was five nine at a thousand at sea level. Yeah, that's it, crazy. We had minus three hundred DA. Yeah, he would be four zero at a thousand at where you live. Yeah, you? yeah, yeah. So you know what I'm saying? It's 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 one thing to touch a piece of steel, but here's what I here's what I explained to somebody this week. Think of swinging the heavy bat and putting the donut on it, right? You put your donut on the bat and you take your swings. Well. Then when you go and you take that donut out and you swing that lighter bat, well, now you get, you get that velocity you're looking for. Well, we know if you go slow and we ramp up the precision in this, in this slow sustain, because remember, we're PR1 here, man. This isn't, we're not talking, you know, some advanced competition clinic. We're talking PR1 to give you this foundation. So you go slow, you get methodical, you get precise, okay? Well, then under time and when you decide to go into these other disciplines, when you do fall apart a little bit, you're not going to fall apart as bad. Okay? You'll fall apart on the two, two MOA plate, right. not off the two MOA plate. You're gonna, exactly. You're going to fall apart on the plate, not off the plate. And that's where the compromise come in. We understand that compromises exist. But my, my problem with it is people who point to that as success. The success is what... I think we're doing more so than a guy who just touches a piece of steel on the clock. You know, nothing wrong with that. Like I said, there's a metric ton of merit you can take away. I told everybody to go to a comp. It's the cheapest piece of good training you can get. But you have to understand context. You have to understand what's going on. And, and, and trust me, in this, in this situation, I am not dogging the comp guys. I think they are at the top of their game. I think they're excellent. But I think people have to understand how you get from A to B and to be that kind of success. Because as we just mentioned, there are people out there who have a natural smoothness who can gravitate to that where other people have to work at it. And so, you know, you just can't put everybody into one box and we're trying not to. In our game, you've got a lot of guys with a lot of money. And usually that's going to be a person in his 40s, 50s, because they're, they're reaching their peak of, what, of their earning potential. Mm-hmm. And so they're spending the big money getting in the game. You don't see a lot of 20-year-old shooters with these fancy rigs. You see 30, 30-year-old shooters, yeah, 40-year-old 40, right. shooters with these fancy rigs because at, there's more earning potential there. But if a guy comes into it with a Ruger Precision Rifle, a Tika uh, T3X Tac A1, and he comes in at, at minimal, let's well, say. Well, that's Marty. Okay, Marty. Yeah, Marty comes in. He's a he's a giant of a man. I call he's, him the walking barrier. Oh my god, he, he's yeah. like the mountain on. Yeah, uh, yeah. He you was, know. He's he's a linebacker, just a massive man, pilot for Dude, FedEx. And, he shot and, the he shot a Tika Take One into submission. Yeah, it never recoiled at all. It was like shooting a twenty-two. It, it was incredible. He, but he was a massive man. But he had great uh, fundamentals. It didn't mean he, he could slap the trigger and get away with it. Right, right. He had. Well, I don't think we ever corrected Marty. He he had been he had been schooled up by TJ and Mike Williams. Mm-hmm, right. Yep, yep. Yep. They had all Former shot down students. in Texas. We, we tweaked them on whatever. a little bit. No, the, no, we tweaked them. The, but, but, but then he befriended. He, they're all friends. He they had him tuned up, man. Yeah, and, they and did. He was like a really good shooter. So, but I mean, that's the thing. So here's this guy. I have him on a tank trap. 
shooting off my warhorse, okay, with his Teak Attack A1, and I'm cracking up because this Tico wanted to go forward, not backwards, because of him. Yeah. Like it was it it was the least I've ever seen a rifle that light on a bag not move. I mean, this is just a box stock Teak Attack A1. But he was a brick wall. And you would have swore this guy was shooting a 26-pound six-dasher. And, and it, it would have crazy break. And he wasn't doing any of that. And this rifle wasn't moving. It was pretty darn funny. Um, you know, just laughing that, that I said he beat that thing into submission. But, I mean, we had a lot of real... I mean, we were able to test these theories with a variety of people. That's what guys don't understand. You know, we're, we're putting it to people who who aren't with this mega dollar equipment or or uh, uh, Kristen Ellie. Yeah. You know, young girl Ellie, not young, but 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 you know, mid twenties, maybe maybe thirty. I don't know. But she comes in with uh, with good minimal equipment, and she she was a rock star. Yeah. She was a hammer, but she had no preconceived bad habits. Yeah. You know? Yep. Yep. Uh, she had no pre. Uh, she just she just did everything right from the beginning mm-hmm. because she did what she was told. Well, in in like California, he, he he's he's beautiful he's, wife, right? But yeah, <laughs> he, he he's uh, Ellie himself, and he's shooting. Hi, Jackie. The the the, <laughs> the comp- he's gonna love that. Yeah. He's gonna love that because he listens. The, the, he's shooting the competition scenes, but like Ellie comps. So you know he he's he's got this stuff going on, and he's a hammer. He's a great shot. He just needs to get his speed up in order to compete better. So now I'm working with him, telling him, shoot faster, shoot faster, shoot faster. He's very methodical. Very right? methodical. He's very methodical. He, he's an LE shooter. He's very methodical. And it's like, okay, you got that down, dude. You, you are a one-hole shooter. You got that part down. Shoot faster, shoot faster. And I'm talking to him faster. Okay, get another one. All right, shoot faster. All right, do this again. Let's go here now. And instead of, you know, press the trigger straight to the rear you know it's go and 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 that's the difference man is is how you kind of get these people and play this game that's what we're looking to do and 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 like i said we're foundational people man i want to give you the tools so when you leave this class you can decide i want to go left i want to go right i want to go center whatever that case may be you're prepared now you're going to have to learn that left, right, center, what their, what their little tips and tricks are, but don't chase the tips and tricks before you know the trade. You know, tips and tricks only get you so far. Thank you, far. Kalen. Thank you, Kalen. Yeah, yeah, that's a Kalen thing. That is a Kalen thing. Yeah. So I just want to look at the list and see, see if I can come up with any more comments that we had. Well, I mean, it, it's, it's just been a really great block of instructions. Oh, well, I'll tell you what. So I did the free recoil um, demo with the AI, and we thought we were on to something, but it kind of backfired because I tested it today. So it's funny. So I, I put the I put the um I put the AI with the elite iron and we have the bipod back towards the handguard and I do the free recoil demo and everything. The legs back towards. Yeah, the legs are back towards the shooter. And I hit the target, everything's good, no problem like that. And Mark says, Hey man, you know, with these springs and everything, move the legs forward. So towards the barrel. And we repeated it, and it just so happened it missed the target. And so we went, uh-oh. Voila, we're on to something. We're on to something. We yeah, think we got it. Something. So today, uh, today I, I tested it and I was going to film it and everything, but I was able to hit either way. A so small th- plate, too. Yeah, and I, I went on a really small plate. I went on an Ipsic at 600 yards. And, and so I lined it up, fired it. What I think I did is I might have had some kind of like backlash in the anvil 
and maybe it recoiled on the anvil because I was having a hard time getting the rifle to drop exactly where I wanted to on the plate. And so when I lined it up, maybe I had a little backlash in the anvil when I did the free recoil demo. Uh, so that might have been a, a contributing factor. But we tried it today. We weren't able to recreate it. But that's something we were looking at. What does the recoil pulse of the rifle look like with this type of bipod facing forward and this type of bipod facing back? Think about it. you got a tuning fork out there. If right. your barrel naturally is a harmonic uh, tuning fork, then the bipod's got to be somewhat... Well, because it's held under spring tension. Yeah, it's not hooked to the barrel, okay? I right. get it, all right? But but you get the whipping vibration, you get a little bit of recoil. I just thought it would produce more of an effect. Evidently, I was wrong. Everybody had their note pens out. They were going to take notes, Frank. And Explain this bench stuff and what we're doing and how they need to make benches, man. Oh, benches must be square, and you've got to have something to push, uh, push the bipod against. Rubber feet, spike feet, steel feet, aluminum feet. It, it doesn't matter. Um, it changes your world. I had a, uh, well, Dr. Strangelove, Dr. Strangelove. Had, has, has knees that are like getting older now, and, and he hates getting up from prone. He's okay in prone, but getting up is like be, it, him being an old man getting off the floor. And I said, look, Doc, stop shooting prone. You know, you're not going to, you don't need it. You just come out here for, for shits and giggles anyway. So let's move you to a bench. We moved you to a bench. And he just became a hammer. We're, you know? we're I'm, honestly, we're both liking it a little more. That yeah. we're even talking about doing our demo. Um, we got to do a prone one, but we're talking about doing one on the bench so people can see better the rear bag, what we're doing. Also, that zeros don't change. Right. Zeros do not change. Yes. From from the proper bench position that doesn't have a cutout, so that you're not giving too much love to the rifle. You can get both elbows square behind, mm -hmm. you know, forward of you, and you keep your hips back. You can straighten those legs out as far as you can go, man. It's right. And you're almost simulating prone. And 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 we're we're finding. I mean, you with your TRG today. Yeah. You're, you're he's on the bench shooting a thing. He we're shot, getting a, we're getting a TRG ready for a student to borrow tomorrow. Dude, you shot quarter minute groups. Yeah. With federal uh, gold medal once, match. Gold medal match. He because we were trying to check something. We were zeroing the scope up for everything. We were running out, running back. We we're double checking it. So you shot about four groups at 100 yards today in, in, in you know, in just normal cadence, no big deal. Yeah, hey, yeah. we're just trying to get a rough zero for this guy, uh, mounted a new scope on it, and, and we want to make sure everything's good. So we ran back and forth and shot multiple groups. And Mark's doing it on the, on, from the standing on this bench as we are describing. He shot quarter-minute groups. And it's not going to change because he's leaned forward and the whole thing, and we got this whole system going. I, I told Frank, I think I like this better than prone. Yeah, man, because it's, it's, we could be lazy. Yeah. And we yeah. could just and we walk up to a, a table, mm -hmm. throw, the, throw the rifle across the table, and shoot. But you got to have the right bench. Yeah. You got to yeah. be able to do it the right way. You know what I'm saying? So and we did a couple videos. I'm not a video guy. I'm no, not, no, I'm not, Mark's, I'm, I'm not Mark, a video. Mark's night and day. When he's in front of his students, he's one way. When he's on video, yeah. he's like, uh, uh yeah. But, yeah. But, we'll uh, work that out with him. That's yeah. no big deal. But we did a couple videos for you guys today. They'll be up sometime. Yeah, yeah. So that's it, man. That's where we're at. Yeah, I, I, I hear you guys bitching in the delay. I know. I'm on strike, man. You know what? Give me, give me a break, man. I'm fucking busy. Got the book out. I, I brought, I got four books left, man. I brought a pelican with just my books to sign to everybody, um, you know. And, and 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 I appreciate that. Thank you. I'm getting really positive feedback on the books, and and thank you for that. I mean, I got guys 
um, uh, Jason Mann over at Geisley Marine Corps. You know, he wrote me, thank you, Jason, for, for acknowledging that. Um, a bunch of people, Corbin, uh, he, he's, you know, all these guys are just writing and saying, hey, they, they enjoy it. It's a fast read. It's an informative read. And, and we're getting good feedback on the Marine Corps stories and stuff, too, yeah. because I mix them in. Pat mentioned the fact that it's not a technical manual, that there's actually some entertaining stories in there. And so, uh, for everybody going out on Amazon, topless picture of Mark. Topless picture of Mark. Yep. Um, you know that you who girls had. They to used sign to be. It. They used to be pecs. Now they're boobies. Yep. Uh, chicks came up to you and wanted you to sign your picture. Absolutely. Yep. So yep. Mark signed his his pecs, <laughs> um, in the book. Yep. Uh, but Beef and Kristen, thank you guys for coming around. I think I think they listen. Yep. We so, have students come up here, yeah, just unpaid, and spend six days with us. Because they just want to participate. Well, but like Beef and their past students and everything, he came up, just asked me to sign the book and, and, yeah. and, and to acknowledge and yeah. all that. And yeah, man, we appreciate that. That so means a lot. And a half. That, yeah, yeah two-hour ride right. almost up here. Yep. And, and a guy took a two-hour ride from Anchorage because he knew I was going to be here for me to sign a copy of his book. But um, yeah, man, I'm busy. Um, and honestly, with the COVID thing, you guys aren't in your cars. And so... I'm not seeing as many downloads. I mean, not a lot, big cutoff, but there, there was some. So I got, I kind of went on strike and I said, fuck. Plus you got a busy summer coming, dude. We got a road trip coming, dude. Man. We got road trips. I'm talking about flying into Denver and then we're going to go on a three-week road trip to do precision yep. rifle courses. Yep. We got a lot going on, yeah. man. I got a Nebraska class coming up. Um, we got Minnesota coming up. We got Iowa coming up. We're actually, if you, we were able to add a second class to Iowa. So if it's got five students as of this morning. Yeah, well, I think, is that all five? Five this morning. Okay. But that'll fit off. I mean, we've got two months. If you guys want to take on Mark and Frank deal, we have a class in Iowa that has five students right now. If we get five more, six more, eight more, you know, we'll make it a second class and we'll back to back two classes in Iowa because the first one. No, filled. we did that. This is the second class. Right, right. We got, eight, we got like 18 in the first class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Tennessee. Treadproof tread is proof full. Is, is full. Yeah. Yeah. So we got Treadproof coming up. We got Iowa coming up. We got Minnesota coming up. We got Nebraska, Nebraska coming yeah. up. Um, and then Mile High. Yeah. I have classes with Mike at Mile High coming up. So I'm, I'm, I'm busy, man, and I get it. And so I'm on strike, so fuck yous. <laughs> All right, guys, we're out of here. Thanks for listening. Thanks for commenting. Peace. Sergeant.